0: Thank you for joining us for this new Future of IT podcast. While no one can predict the future, it's certain that mobile, cloud, and big data innovations are going to change just about every facet of our lives, including how we work. As connectivity and collaboration become more pervasive, CXOs must consider how the workplace is evolving to meet new expectations, behaviors, and preferences from employees and customers alike. In this session, we'll explore the future of work including a discussion of the findings from Cisco's 2014 Connected World Technology Report and what the results say about the future work environment. I'm your host, Don Brister, and joining me today is Rowan Trollocz, Senior Vice President and General Manager of Cisco's Collaboration Technology Group.
1: Hey, Don. How are you?
0: Great to have you here, Rowan. And I'm also pleased to have with us Maribel Lopez, Principal Analyst and Founder of Lopez Research.
2: Thank you for having me today.
0: So glad we could make the time for this discussion. Let's start off with just a simple, what is your vision of how we're gonna work in 2020 and how do you think the way we collaborate is going to change?
1: Yeah, Don, you know, um, well, 2020, that's just five, basically five years away. And, uh, you know, I think it's not gonna look anything like what it looks like today. Some things will be similar, but um, we're really starting, we're at the beginning, I believe, of a new innovation cycle. Um, there's a tremendous amount of investment going on in the uh, venture community uh, segment, where they're investing in, you know, new tools for helping people work differently and providing ways for people to connect and communicate and collaborate more seam seamless, seamlessly. Um, there's been a tremendous amount of interest in this space because, as we've seen, the rise of social technologies and next generation sort of tools in the in the home, which really gave us things like the iPhone and uh, you know Facebook and and so on we're now seeing those same entrepreneurs and investors starting to turn their their eyes to the workplace And uh, you know Cisco is in this space of course and is the market leader uh, You know we're the market leader in all the categories uh, That we plan which is you know web conferencing and audio conferencing and video conferencing And these are all areas that people are looking to and saying gosh shouldn't all that be easier uh, than it is today and uh, and and frankly, here at Cisco, we're kind of leading that pack. And so, uh, in terms of questioning the way that things are today, and and thinking about how do we make things better for the future, so I spend a lot of time in the year 2020 huh, uh, looking back on how things are today, and and scratching my head, saying, "Wow, why why does it? You know, I can't believe we ever worked that way." And that may seem odd, but that's kind of what I have to do because when you think about the technology. Uh, life cycles that we have uh, you know they it, the things that we're building today that will be out in the next one to two years are going to exist in the market for several years so in other words we have to be inventing and creating those technologies that are going to exist in the world 2020 so I think about first the broader context of work and how that's changing uh, because that informs how we collaborate um, the the broader context for me is about seeing a continuation of the trends that we've already seen going on so for example You know, when I started in business, projects were long. You know, they took 18 months uh, or 12 months. If you were, in my case, a software developer, projects were measured in in the order of years and months. Today, with continuous uh, delivery and agile methodologies, we're really starting to see, oh, we're not just starting to see, we've seen a dramatic change there where work is no longer measured in years and months, it's now measured in, in days and weeks. And so that's a big transition, and the technologies, for the most part, that we use to communicate with one another were invented in the previous era, and they are okay when projects take a long time and there's many, many people working on the same thing. But if you exist in a world or if you, if you work in the modern world where projects are shorter and teams are smaller, the tools have to be able to connect people together uh, more efficiently uh, than, the, than the old world of tools did. And so... You know, we think that that trend is going to continue. Uh, project cycle times will get shorter. We'll move more towards sort of real-time and continuous delivery than we are today. I think things like even non-traditional spaces like hardware manufacturing will move towards continuous uh, delivery. The, the introduction of 3D printing is going to probably have a major impact there in terms of the hardware manufacturing uh, process and supply chain and so on. Uh, in the soft, in the in the in the world of software and intellectual property, you're going to continue to see that trend accelerate. Which means, coming into the office in five years, you're going to expect to be constantly connected to your peers and your colleagues. You're going to expect that you can be connected to those people, regardless of what company they work for. Um, you know, whether they work in a traditional company that has employees, or whether they're working for more of a collective where. Uh, you know, you bring your own tools to work, and those are the tools that you use to connect and collaborate with people. So the 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 way that our tools work is going to become deeply personal and almost like an expression of who we are. So I use these tools to get my work done. And uh, the, the, the days when you would be handed a set of tools from IT, I think, are pretty much over. And people are now coming to the workplace with their own set of tools to connect and collaborate and get work done. And in five years, that's going to be much more pronounced where, You'll almost be defined by the tools that you use and the ways in which you communicate, and you will build up a, a persona in those tools over time. That um, uh, and a set of you know automation and you know bots and AI that really help you get your work done. And so, the tools that you use to connect and collaborate will become, in a sense, an, an extension of you, uh, and they will travel with you wherever you go.
2: So, it sounds like Rowan and I have a lot of. Um interesting parallels in how we think about the future of work. So when I think about the future of work, this this notion of personalization actually rings very true to me in the concept of people being able to select the tools that work for them and the methods that work for them. So I I think of collaboration as being more seamless than it is today. It's really, truly across devices. You know, we talk about it being across devices now, but it's not seamless across your laptop and your desktop and your smartphone of choice and your tablet. We're getting there. So I think we're going to see a continuation of that. Um, Not only is it seamless across that, it's also seamless across company boundaries. Um, So one of the things that we've frequently had difficulty with is making sure everybody was on the same versions of things so that we could all talk to each other, all see each other. And I think that that becomes um, more automated in terms of how people connect. I also think it becomes more visual. And right now, visual is really looked at as face-to-face, but I see it as more um, showing people things, sharing experiences. And uh, that actually also fits into the work environment well, and you're starting to see um, more concept of how you can collaborate across engineering teams, how you can collaborate in marketing. So I think we get a lot more... Um, visual, being able to talk to each other face-to-face, demonstrate things on boards, show people how to do things, train people on things. So there's a a lot more of that aspect that happens. So it's it's boundarylessness, it's seamless, it's um, visual. Uh, The... Content can actually expand and contract a lot. So this this notion of what you have as a device, there's sort of a sensing of what you're using for a tool and being able to automatically give you the right set of content or features based on understanding your device. So it's a lot more contextual than it was in the past, as I see it.
1: One of the things that I um, that I totally marry Bill and I see very eye to eye on this is this notion of visual. And so far in, in collaboration, there's been a focus on video and video, 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 which today, if you use it, which is fairly rare that your average meeting is not using video conferencing in most, most contexts in most businesses, uh, but even those that do use it, it's, it's, it's faces on a screen. And that's just a simple attempt to basically capture the remote scene and transmit it into, the, uh, into another into another location. And I think where that heads is towards what uh, Bell calls visual communication, which I agree with, and that is, you know, seeing the other person is interesting, but seeing uh, other information is also very important and, and, and um, can be very empowering as well. So think about it like uh, um, if, if I could transmit to you faithfully exactly a replication of the person on the other end, that would be as good as being there. Um, the direction that I think things are heading is towards where, using the tools will make it better than being there. And so our goal in Cisco is better than being there experiences. And, you know, to put that into context, uh, it's sort of like watching a football game on your TV in your living room. You know, today, uh, the 49ers played yesterday. I, I could have I could have gone to the game, which would have, you know, uh, been one kind of experience. You know, I would have had the, the roar of the crowd. I would have had some guy spilling beer down my back. Uh, you know, I would have had a different kind of an experience versus – watching it in the comfort of my living room with commentators and a front row seat to every scene with the flyover cameras and being able to be with my friends and get a beer out of the fridge and that kind of thing. So that experience, one can argue in the case of the football game, it's better today than being there in many dimensions, not all, but many. And we see the same thing happening for collaboration, where I think today with the technologies in business, you would say... It's almost always better to be there in person, uh, but I think where the technology is going, just like the football and television experience has gone there, uh, is to a better-than-being-there experience, which is more visual. So context and you know interesting commentary and color and, and information coming into the experience uh, versus just being able to see the remote video feed.
2: So what I like about this concept is the the concept that we have it's, it's not just mobile. It's not just collaboration. It's big data. It's analytics. It's cloud computing. We have access to all these things, and they're all at a certain maturity level right now. So if you start to combine these, it gets to Rowan's point about you can start to deliver amazingly different information in real time or near real time to people. So it's this concept of you have access not just to voice, not just to text, not just to an image, but the ability to also pull in data sources, have something analyzed, share graphs of them, uh, draw things on boards, connect to other people that are outside the organization, right? And it's this concept of having Uh, seamless access to the right data when you need it, which is what I call a a right-time experience. And that's, I, I think, directionally what we're moving towards. And we're moving towards that because we've had a lot of interesting technology elements come into the market at the same time, and now they're starting to combine so that we can create these new, richer, contextual, more meaningful experiences than we had in the past. It starts to get to know you. It starts to get to... Understand which communications channels you like best. It starts to sense um, if you're going to make a meeting, maybe you typically like meetings on Fridays and it starts to suggest things for you. So there's a lot more um, personality and personalization that can happen based on the data. And there's a lot more power that you can have within the application based on the fact that you can leverage the cloud. We've got a lot more in the cloud now. So it can do all that heavy lifting and processing power. And it can deliver it on any device that you happen to have at that point in time.
0: You know, that sounds like a really exciting time for the knowledge worker. Because what I'm hearing from both of you is a lot of being able to customize the way you work so that it fits your own personal style and creating these kinds of experiences where distance meetings could be even more productive and more exciting than than a large in-person meeting, which is interesting because looking at the Cisco Connected World Technology Report, up to two-thirds of the respondents aren't looking for jobs in the area where they live, but they fully expect to be able to work from anywhere. Do you think that technology is gonna be a good tool for attracting and retaining top talent going forward?
2: Yeah, you know, it used to be that you had to be at the water cooler to figure out what was going on and that you had to be sitting right near your boss to get a promotion. And I think one of the things that we've seen change is, is, is there's two dynamics going on. From the organization's standpoint, they need access to talent that may or may not be geographically located where they are, right? We have this problem in California. You just can't get enough people to move to California to uh, do the jobs that need to be done, right? And in that case, you want to you be able to attract talent from wherever they are. And now there's an opportunity to not just you know, interview that talent using things like video, which is HR has been doing, but also to be able to say, hey, you can effectively work remotely. You can have relationships with people that uh, feel face-to-face. You can participate in, in team meetings. You can actually work as if you were there without necessarily needing to be there. And in some cases, it's better because you can have a very distributed team, but they can still feel very cohesive and they yeah. can basically leverage, you know, whatever they want to do in their lives. You know, they can be closer to home, they can be closer to their family, they don't have to commute as far. So it's pretty much good for everybody. Wouldn't you agree, Ron?
1: I, I would, and um, I would say, you know, just to put the historical context on that, uh, in terms of where things are going, but you look backwards and you see, "Well, what has happened with communication tools, literally over hundreds of years, is it's a function of cost. So when you have an expensive communication system, uh, it requires an increase, like it or it's a attendant with an increased informality of the usage of that communication system. So when it was super expensive to send telexes, you know, back way, way, way back in the '50s or '40s, well, then it, they were only used for like." hyper important business related reasons, right? Because you're literally being charged by the penny. The same thing was true of like international. I remember when I started working, uh, in the, uh, in the nineties, international dialing was very expensive. And so if you had to have a call with overseas, it better be a pretty important call. In fact, company even had like policy on like, hey, these are the kinds of things you should do if you're going to have a live voice call. The same is true of any communications tool based on the cost of that tool. And what you see over time, is the cost of all these tools trending towards zero where now we have voices virtually free email is virtually free all of these technologies from the transmission perspective are trending towards free and you're going to see the same thing with video so whereas video today is deployed in environments where they're usually relatively structured and and uh, you know uh, you will the average person might occasionally have a video conference call for the really important meetings and we're seeing what you're going to see in 2020 and beyond, right, is the cost of that's going to come down dramatically. And what the impact of that, and we're seeing that with our tools these days, is that the use of those tools expands from the formal to the less formal. And what that means is more communication. And the reason why that's important to touch on something that Bell said is that what builds trust in organizations is informal communications, right? It's not... Me sending you a formal letter about, you know, email or or memo about how I'm going to support your project, written in you know traditional business language. But it's us chit chatting about, you know, the Giants game last night and how it went to 18 innings instead of nine. For example, that kind of communication is what builds trust amongst teams. And when the communications technologies are so expensive that they're sort of you're precluded from using them, from chit chatting about casual non-work related things. Uh, then you're not really getting the, you're not really getting that building of trust through informal communication. So I think in 2020 what you'll see, and you're seeing this more and more now, is the tools are being used, uh, the tools will be used for like tons of communication that is work related and not work related. You know, we have some of our next generation tools in use here in San Francisco, uh, in our beta labs and alpha labs. And one of the things that we see is that people actually use the tools almost more for non-work-related communication than they do for work-related. And that's okay because the cost is near zero. And when we, to us at Cisco, when we, uh, when I first started working, I remember there was like, don't use email for personal things. <laughs> it was like, this is a business thing, if you get 10 megabytes of email storage, and if you go over that, like, we don't want people emailing around jokes. And the truth is that like, that really set us back I mean, it was necessary, but it set us back because people couldn't just chitchat about average things and therefore it became a formal business communication tool which increased the barriers between people. So uh, the great news is you're going to see just a huge uh, explosion of the usage of all of these tools, including voice, video, text, and everything else, uh, to just connect your employees together for whatever, for both formal and informal purposes, and that's going to make business just a way better place to be, like a lot more human, frankly.
2: I was going to say, um, in the past, I think Rona have discussed this, that employees are human too. So it's great when you can kind of just have it be a seamless bridging of the technology between your work and your personal. Yeah, to give you a stat,
1: we are working on this next generation technology here. We have several thousand people at Cisco using it. And at one point, we, we sort of, uh, the teams decided they wanted to create a way for people to discover common conversations. I mentioned this to Marybell. Uh, or, or sort of public conversations, as opposed to just private one-on-ones. And very, very quickly, we saw an explosion of, you know, group conversations that were about things like the foodie thread or the, you know, uh, sports fans or and all kinds of random, like you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fans in South San Francisco, like just really interesting topics that really had nothing to do with work. And I and I can re- recall being in previous companies where that was discouraged was really just, don't use this tool for that, this is for work. And if you're enlightened, you understand that people having better work lives means them communicating more with their peers about all kinds of things, whether they're work-related or not, and that's what builds trust. You know, that sitting at the water cooler talking about the game from last night is what that informal communication is what builds trust between team members, and that reduces politics and so forth and so on. We have another site, for example, where we've given them unrestricted access to full high-definition video, and they've connected water coolers between countries. So they have a development team in London, a development team in Oslo, and uh, we, they've connected the coffee room together, and so there's a permanent, always-on video connection between two coffee rooms, so that literally when you're in the water cooler or the coffee break room in Oslo, you could run into people in London, and it's cr- it, it has done a lot to really break down those cross-site barriers and really improve the lives of people working there. You're going to see a lot more of that in the future.
0: That's a great point, Rowan. Thank you both for being here today and sharing your insights. In our next Future of IT podcast episode, we'll be continuing our conversation with Rowan and Maribel about the future of work. Stay tuned for part two of this discussion. In the meantime, be sure to join the conversation, hashtag future of IT.